So last week we talked about the word proclaimed in verbal form, the, the verbal proclamation of the word of God. And this week we're going to look at a similar topic. At the center of our services is not only word but also sacrament. The word proclaimed in material form, in physical form, through bread, through wine, and through water. These physical elements proclaim Christ to us. So we're going to consider that this morning. We have a lot to cover, and it's hot. So I am going to jump right in and, uh, and just ask the question, what am I supposed to get out of the sacraments? What, how are we supposed to use this, these uh, elements given to us? Are they just ornaments? Why are they so important? Why have they, can we trace the church's use of the sacraments back into the earliest days among, uh, in Acts uh, chapter 2, the breaking of bread with the disciples. Why is it such a significant component of the service and what am I supposed to do about it? We can think that the sacraments are ornamental, but, but like the wilderness, like Israel in the wilderness here in 1 Corinthians 10, the sacraments are not merely ornamental. They're not extras. They're primary means by which God feeds you, nourishes you in your wilderness wanderings. You cannot survive the wilderness. Israel cannot survive the trip from Egypt to promised land without water and bread. They know it, God knows it. So he gives them water and bread. We similarly thrive as Christians only as we partake of the word proclaimed verbally and the word proclaimed materially in the sacraments. They are for our good and for the glory of God. Let's ask then three questions that, of the sacraments that might help us to figure out what's going on in these signs and seals. First up, what are the sacraments? Second, we will look at what they do, what do they actually accomplish in our lives, and then finally, how do we participate in them? So first up then, what are they? We've already asked and answered that question from the Westminster Larger Catechism, but let's unpack that a little bit. What are sacraments? In the confession, you had two key words that helpfully define and circumscribe what it is when we are partaking of the sacraments, what they are. They are signs and seals. They are signs and seals. Now, maybe sign doesn't sound like uh, such an important aspect of your life. Uh, I mean, we have yield signs and stop signs and red lights and green lights. I hit lots of red lights on the way here. Uh, but these signs that kind of, but they're just tangential to our life. We know we could get all along without them. There are actually a lot of barriers for us as modern people to kind of understand what a sign is how it functions. I'm going to look at a couple of those barriers. What, what are signs? One of the barriers that we might have, one of the uh, stumbling blocks when we come to try to understand the function of a sign in our life is that we're modern people. Uh, the modern world, we think, is less symbolic than the ancient world. In the ancient world, they didn't have science. They didn't have uh, the uh, uh, progress that is represented in our lives. And they were heavily dependent, we know, on signs and symbols and uh, uh, 
uh, paganism in particular, particularly indebted to, to the function of signs in the practice of religion. And, and we've lost a lot of that. And that's true. That's a true statement. I think we in our world are more uh, propositionally oriented, more oriented to the statement than the sign. And yet, yet, our world is incredibly dependent upon visuals, right? I mean, we live in the area of uh, an era of TV, of movies, of billboards. Our lives are actually constantly inundated with visual representations of things. Companies put years and millions and billions of dollars into just crafting a logo. Uh, we spent a year and a half on those three letters. And, and we worked hard on it. We had people in the church who contributed time and effort. Uh, thank you, Lance, uh, to, to developing this. And it actually communicates, it's designed to communicate a lot of who we are. I'm not going to reflect on that in detail now. But we live in a visual culture. And what we try to do, what companies try to do, what we try to do as human beings, how we teach our kids, we give pictures. And those pictures actually inundate our lives and they're important components of what we might call a worldview. Your basic understanding of how the world works. And it goes deep and fundamental part of you that your worldview is based upon images, pictures. We know that red means stop. And you don't even have to think about it. I don't have to teach my kids that. Red is a warning. Why? Why does it function that way in our minds? It's because we are constructed to need uh, to learn through visuals, through pictures. Some of you are uh, visual learners. Some of you are love listening to lectures and sermons and things like that. But we all require that visual input into our lives. And a lot goes on in our heads, in our minds, in our hearts when we see certain kinds of symbols, certain kinds of images. So we do live in a visual culture. And another barrier here to the sacrament, to the sign function of the sacrament, is that most of us are grown up. Most of us in this room are grown ups. And grown ups, we don't need pictures. I, I'm a grown up now. I don't need picture books. I don't need my hobbit to come with, you know, the pictures of the, the, uh, the hill and the, uh, the actual look of the hobbit and his furry feet. Like, I don't need the picture book. I'm, I'm a grown up. I need propositional content. And maybe you're not only a grown up, maybe you're a Presbyterian. Presbyterians never need pictures. The more propositional and abstract, the better, right? Give me content. Give me proposition. I don't need pictures. But you're actually not designed that way. You are designed by God to have five senses. And, and God teaches us through all five of those senses. He forms our minds, our hearts, and our wills, not only through how we think, not through just philosophy class. He forms us by the fact that we trip and fall and it hurts. And so I don't want to do that again. He uses uh, the rest of our senses to teach us. He uses not only our ears, but our eyes and our mouth and our sense of smell. When that we use wine in the sacrament in this church, and you can, unlike when you use grape juice, you can really smell it. 
And that communicates something to us. It communicates something of the pervasiveness of Christ's Spirit, which blows as the wind blows. That though God uses the material aspects of the elements to teach us and to form our minds, our hearts, and our wills. You do need pictures. You are designed by God to need pictures. Israel needs a picture in the wilderness. How does Israel make it from Egypt to promised land? They need, there's a, it's, here, it's not just a spiritual journey. Israel's trip, your trip, from bondage to promised land isn't just a spiritual journey. It is a physical one. And what you need are physical things in order to make it from point A to point B. Israel needs water and manna. You need water, bread, and wine. God speaks to us, not just through our ears, but through the rest of our senses. We do need pictures. And the more pictures, opportunities to take part of those pictures, the better. Uh, I will say as a brief application, direct, um, concrete application, uh, it will seem weird that we're going to talk about the sacraments and not celebrate the supper uh, in front of us. Uh, come back tonight. We have an evening service, and on the third Sunday evening of the month, we always celebrate the sacrament together. So I'd encourage you, receive bread, receive the washing of water, receive uh, wine from heaven as we seek Christ together. Return, join us as we worship uh, this evening. Signs. I'm a grown-up. I don't need them. The other assumption that we can make is that they're too simple. The sign is just a, you know, okay, I got it. Bread, wine, body, blood, Jesus died. Okay, I, I picked that up. I understand that. I can move on now, right? Signs are never simple. Signs are rich with meaning. Signs have layers and layers and layers of meaning. Any good corporate logo has layers of meaning. And if you ever sit in like a marketing department, you'll hear all this lengthy description of all the sim symbolism going on. Uh, Amazon, anybody shop on Amazon? Uh, if you look at the logo, there's an arrow from A to Z. And that has meaning. It's designed to tell you that, every, that you can pick up everything in your life from A to Z to Amazon. This is not an endorsement of Amazon. FedEx, the logo right between, look at it again, right between the E and the X, there's an arrow, you know, a, speed, a speedy arrow from one point A to point B. Signs have layers. And the Lord's Supper, baptism, have layers. The Lord's Supper, it doesn't just represent Christ's death. His resurrection is in there as well. When we sit at the table, we are sitting at the table that is set for us in heaven, the heavenly feast to come that we will enjoy because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Signs have layers. There's a surplus of meaning in them. So consider again and again and again, every new day, you bring your new problems, your new struggles, the trials of the week, and find that the sign speaks to those in new and interesting ways. They're dynamic, full of layers, full of symbolism, designed to teach us about Christ. These are pictures for us. That's how they function as signs. What about the other word? What are the sacraments? They're signs. They're also seals. They're signs and they're seals. What's a seal? A seal 
is a sign that does something. Okay, FedEx, the, the logo, is a sign, but it's not a seal. It doesn't do anything. It doesn't accomplish something. But there are some signs in our life that not only show us something, they do something. They accomplish something. So my wedding ring, it not only shows that I'm married, but when I got married, it was with this ring that I thee wed. The ring is actually a component part of accomplishing the act of marriage, the marriage ceremony. In fact, it's so uh, built into a component part when we did our rehearsal dinner. Remember rehearsal dinners? You've got to practice the wedding before the actual wedding. When we did our rehearsal dinner, the pastor wisely and rightly, I think, refrained from putting on the rings and from us saying, I do. Because what he's trying to say is that moment which you put on the ring and you say, I do, that is special. It's sacred. It's, uh, uh, it performs something. And you don't want to do that before the proper time. So the sacraments are not only signs, they're seals. They accomplish something related to that which they signify, that which they sign. Okay, so that leaves us with another question. So what are they? They are signs and seals. Okay, but what do they do? They're not just pictures. They're more than pictures. They do something. What do they do? What do they accomplish in our lives? Again, the confessional language is helpful here. They uh, express or they show us Christ, and they impart Christ to us. Okay, So what they do is going to be determined by the fact that they are, so they are both signs and seals. As a sign, they signify, they show us, they picture for us Christ. That's important. It's, I just said something controversial, and y'all don't look upset about it. So, I, uh, so it's important that they sign and signify Christ. They do not sign, they do not signify you, your faith. The primary point of the sign of the baptism and the Lord's Supper is not your faith. It is not your participation in them. You do participate. And by faith, that participation is effective. But it is not about you. The signs are about Christ. So all of the texts that are here for us this morning point to that fact. This is to show forth the life and death of Christ. You are baptized into the name of Christ. It is Christ, and particularly what he has done, that the sign points to. It doesn't point to me. It's not about me. It's designed to show me Jesus. It's not about us as a church. It's designed to show me who Christ is. So when I'm participating in the sign, practical payoff here, when you are participating in the Lord's Supper, when you are witnessing a baptism, look at the right thing. Okay, You've got to look at the right direction. You've got to look at where the, the uh, sign is pointing you to. Okay? We have our dog, James. Uh, we love him. We love him dearly. He is really bad at fetch because we'll throw the thing. He gets so excited. We'll throw the thing and he'll immediately run and not see where it goes. And then I'll point to him. It's right there and he has no clue. He's like, no, he doesn't believe me or what. You've got you've to look to where the sign is pointing to get anything out of it. Where is the sign pointing? It is pointing to Christ. So the first thing that you should consider 
is not how cute the baby is, not how nervous the parents are that the baby is going to explode at any time. When you're considering the Lord's Supper, your first order of business is not to think about yourself. It is to consider something outside of you, Jesus Christ. Your second order of business is yourself, your participation in Jesus Christ. But your first order of business is to see Christ. How is his death and resurrection effective for my life? And then as you partake, as the bread goes into you, as the wine warms your heart and stomach, as the baptism uh, cleanses, as we witness these things, as we participate in them, we realize this is showing Christ and I am in him. What he did, he did for me. The death he died, he died for my sin. The baptism with which he was baptized is my baptism. I am buried with him, Romans 6. I am crucified with him so that his death is mine, though I don't physically die. First Christ, then my participation in Christ. And as we do that, Christ is sealed unto us. The sacrament affects something. It accomplishes something. What does it accomplish? What it accomplishes is it's a means of grace that unites you to who Christ is. It communicates Christ to you. That's why we call it communion. What you are doing when you're participating is not communing together, though we are doing that. It's primarily us together communing with our Lord. We are receiving Christ himself, the confession says. It's not just a symbol. It is that. It's not just that. It's also a seal. And as a seal, what is happening to you as you participate by faith, it's not magic, it's by faith, through the power of the Spirit, as we participate in these things, Jesus is communicating grace to us we are drawing near to him and receiving help in our time of need. Something is happening. We are recommitting ourselves to our vows. We are receiving Christ, not physically, but spiritually, but really receiving him by grace, through faith, and that is empowering. It's nourishing. It's the way God moves and propels us from Egypt to promised land. What is the sacrament? It is a sign and a seal. What does it do? It shows us Christ and our union with Christ. And by showing us that received by faith, it imparts Christ to us by the power of the Spirit. So what am I supposed to do? Okay, if the sign and the seal, if the sacrament is this huge, important thing, it is, it is the food, the nourishment that God gives me on the way, how should I respond to that? When the bread is set before me, what should I do? When there's a, a child or an adult being baptized, how should I respond? What is my duty? A couple of things as we, uh, as we wrap up. First, Remember, this is not magic. There is no power in the mere doing of it. 
but rather in the receiving it by faith. Okay? You are not saved by baptism. Baptism symbolizes and seals your salvation when received by faith. Faith and the Spirit empowering faith is the power behind the elements. So our first point, what should you do? Believe, exercise faith, and receive them in faith. Some of you here might not be a Christian. Maybe you were baptized, but you haven't been a part of the church. You haven't committed your life to Christ. What do you do when the sacrament, well, when the Lord's Supper is passed before you? Well, we actually tell you, we do this thing called fencing the table. We say, don't come yet. We want you to come. That's not us saying we don't want you to come. We want you to come. We want you to partake. We want you to eat and receive these things. But if you do not do it by faith, you are sealing judgment, not grace. 1 Corinthians 11. So first, believe. Discern the body and the blood of Christ. Receive that which is signified, Christ himself. And then, having received Christ, receive his sacrament. Believers, faith is incumbent upon you as well. Don't just do this. Don't just pop it in your mouth. The baptism is not the point in time in the service where you can clue out. These are for you, and what uh, you are to do there is to look upon them in faith, to let them encourage your faith, to believe the things that, have, uh, that are portrayed before you. And then by faith, to consider and be nurtured by these things, prayerfully, considering the body, the blood, the death, the resurrection of our Savior. Believe. Second, prepare. Now, I know our weeks are busy. There's lots to do. Sunday often comes and grabs us by surprise, especially if there's no Sunday morning service or Sunday, uh, Sunday school. It sometimes catches us by surprise. There are days when you lapse, and when you lapse, you should still partake, okay? I'm not trying to be crass, but it's kind of like a, 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 a potluck. You know, if you, don't, you, didn't, you forgot to bring the meal, you forgot to prepare, but we still want you here. But that's not God's best for us. God's best is that you prepare for worship as a whole, and particularly for the sacrament. Prepare your heart through repentance and prayer. Prepare your heart by considering the things of faith by considering Christ. Prepare your heart by bringing honestly your needs before the Lord. You are in the wilderness. And what is the sacrament? The sacrament is a sign and seal that is nourishment and food for you in the midst of your wilderness wanderings. Consider your wilderness experience. What am I suffering with this, these days? Where are my struggles? Where are my temptations? And how should the washing of water and the partaking of bread and wine nourish me in the midst of those trials, those tribulations. What should we do? Receive it, prepare for it, and in the moment that it's received, consider Christ. Look to Christ. We consider our union with Him, our place in Him, our participation in Christ. But our primary consideration is Christ Himself. Resist the solipsism of, of uh, just a constant morbid introspection, but rather in your consideration of yourself, come and draw near to the one who can heal, who can receive. 
who can nourish and nurture. Finally, what should I do? Respond. Respond to the sacrament. The sacrament, it's not just this rote exercise that we engage in. Okay? The, when two people get married, they, uh, a covenant has been formed. They have exchanged vows and they ex have exchanged signs and seals of those vows. But the marriage isn't done. They've got to be married. They've got to go. They've got to do. They've, they go on a honeymoon. They build a life together. They build a family together. They are married. They respond to the vows that they have made. Baptism, the Lord's Supper, these are vows before the Lord. They are commitments before the Lord. That's why Paul, in this passage, says, if you are partaking of the supper, forsake and flee idolatry. See, you can't have one and the other simultaneously. You can't eat from the, uh, from the table of God and the table of demons at the same time. Participating in the sacraments is a commitment. We are committing ourselves to the Lord. And so we need to respond appropriately. Some ideas. Repentance. The sacraments. Somebody else's baptism. Your own baptism. The Lord's Supper. This is, this is the opportunity to repent. Our sins unconfessed. What does Jesus say? He says, don't let division with a brother get in the way. First, Resolve the conflict with your brother. Then come to the table. The sacrament is an opportunity to pursue unity with the body of Christ. To repent. To recommit ourselves to Christ. It is a reminder that we belong body and soul to Him. That we will feast in the last day in His presence. And the sacrament is given to encourage you. So be encouraged. We are celebrating, we are uh, commemorating and memorializing and participating in the death of Christ. But it's not just a funeral. Because Christ rose again. Reigns in heaven. And the sacrament symbolizes and seals that as well. You have, been, you have died with Christ and been raised with Him. Romans 6 on the front of your cover. So be encouraged. When you've had a tough week, you've been tempted, and you've failed to resist, confess, and then come to the Lord's table because there peace is pronounced to you. Comfort is pronounced to you. Encouragement, commitment, these things are signed and sealed to you in that moment because in there, in that time, we are participants in the death and resurrection of our Lord and Savior. These things, they're not ornaments. They're not added extras. They're not bonus footage at the end of the movie. These are designed to nourish us on our journey. And our journeys are tough. Our, we are plagued by weakness of mind and weakness of body. And so what God does is He speaks to us body and soul. He designs things that communicate Christ to us, and He uses, engages every one of our senses in order to do that, in order to accomplish that great work. So take advantage as often as you can to drink from the cup, to eat from the table, 
to witness and improve upon your baptism. These are, this is the work that Christ has given us to do and is the means by which he encourages us in that walk. Do not forsake. Do not forsake the food that God has given to us. The drink that nourishes our hearts and our souls. The water that cleanses us from all unrighteousness. Receive them gladly by faith as we pursue the kingdom of Christ. Let's pray.